Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Years after the shocking murders that made the name Charles Manson synonymous with pure evil, three women who killed for him, Leslie Van Houten, Patricia Krenwinkel, and Susan Atkins, remain under the spell of the infamous cult leader, played by Matt Smith. Confined to an isolated cell block in a California penitentiary, the trio seemed destined to live out the rest of their lives under the delusion of that their crimes were part of a cosmic plan until an empathetic graduate student named Carlene Faith, played by Merritt Weaver, is enlisted to rehabilitate them. And that is the premise behind this really wonderful, terrific new film called Charlie Says. And we're joined today by the director of the film, Mary Heron. Mary, welcome to Film School. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And before we get started, I do want to point out to our listeners that you're also uh, uh, responsible for some remarkable films. Uh, I failed to mention that, that in our intro, but American Psycho and I Shot Andy Warhol and many others. So it is a it is a true honor to have you joining us today on the show. Tell me a little bit about where this story came from. We know the grand scheme of the big picture story of the Manson family, but from this perspective, I have never even imagined the story being told. You did a it's a it's just a terrific sort of premise for the film. But tell me where you came into this project. Well, Jennifer Turner. Um, was asked uh, to write a film about the Manson women, and um, she, she wasn't writing it for me. It was um, uh, producers had contacted her. Another director was attached at that point, and um, because we're friends, she was just telling me about this project she was working on, and I thought it was such a um, an interesting project for her. Um, Gwynver Turner has a, an article in this this week's New Yorker where she talks about her childhood growing up in a cult, not as um, violent as the Manson cult, but um, one that had been founded in the 60s around the same time. I felt like she had a very, would have a very unique perspective on this. And over the, over the months, you know, she was telling me about her research, and then she told me that she'd um, found this book written by a woman named Carlene Faith, who is a big character in the film, who was this ac- young academic feminist in her early 30s who was asked to give adult education classes to the Manson girls and started visiting them in prison. Um, and it was such a great story because no one had ever focused on what happened to women after the trials. All we really know about them is these crazy photographs of them at the trial where they look like, you know, yeah. zombie cult members with um, crazy smiles and, you know, sometimes shaved he- you know, shaved heads or, you yeah. know, they, they just, they don't, they don't seem like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> and she had gone digging in to find the, the truth about them. Yeah, and I just, uh, this is one of those films where when you read the the premise or the synopsis of it, I was immediately drawn to this idea. I thought it was just fun, uh, uh, just a, a remarkable, another way into this story, but also a very, in addition to that, a very telling point of view. I, I don't think, what you're, as you're describing this, I don't think most people even think much about them except in the context that you described. But they're... Yes, I think they're only seen in, ter- in their relationship to him. Right. And it's interesting that there, there were quite a few interviews with Manson in prison over the years, and people, uh, quite a lot of focus, like what happened to Charles Manson, but very little focus on what happened to his followers or the people who actually did the crimes. 
Manson was somebody who, who would get other people to do things for him, even though he was the instigator. Right. And, you know, what happened to them? Did, did they still believe in Charlie? Did they, how did they look back on what they'd done? All these were very important questions, I thought. Right. And, well, and also this part of the film, we're, we're introduced to Carlene Faith. I had no idea. Hmm. I had no idea. Now, I, I mean, it's not. It's, this is not a story. I think most people spend a lot of time focused on it. It, it you know, moving on and sort of as mm-hmm. we move through through our own lives. But nonetheless, this is just a, an incredibly Im, um, insightful way to approach this this his, this moment in history or these this time of our history. Um, it's funny because there were a number of TV movies made about the subject, and there's a couple of TV movies that focus on, I think, this um, a recent one in particular that focused on Linda Kasabian, who was the one member of the family who was at the Tate murder, Tate house that night, who didn't take part in the crime, and who later became a, a, a witness at pro- for the prosecution. But that didn't seem to be an interesting story to, uh, to look at because she she was only with the family for a couple of weeks, two or three weeks, she didn't take part, so she doesn't have a complex story. To me, if you were going to take the story seriously, you had to really dive into how and why these women did these things. They were not crazy when they joined the cult, so how did they become involved in such an insane and brutal event? Well, that leads to the question, in, a, in your approaching this material, in in pulling the the ideas behind the film together in your own mind and how you were going to approach it what was the challenges that you felt was it was it humanizing these women in a way that or was it getting us inside the cult so we understood why what happened happened because those are parts of this film that i thought were just fant- w- very well done fantastic parts of the film but what was what was that sort of in your mind the elements that you needed to sort of underscore and bring into this process well i think you 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 really had to do both um in order to, to to understand the the workings of the cult and also to see the the women and the yeah, the young women and the men in the cult, um, you had to start early. And so we begin with Leslie Van Houten arriving at the ranch for the first time. So we see it through the eyes of a of a stranger, you know, a complete newcomer, and she's very kind of wide eyed. And um, as one of the characters, Pat says in the film, she's a seeker. So she was looking for some kind of spiritual truth. And we see the way that Charlie draws her in, in a classic cult manipulation mm-hmm. power play, where he focuses on her very intensely. He seems to see her, something in her. He draws her in. At the same time, she's not sure of her place in the, in the, in the family. And we see her gradually getting, getting drawn in, even though or even early on there are things that, that should be warning signals. And you see her kind of a sort of flickerings of doubt, like when Charlie says, no woman should carry money. Right. She has to give him all her cash. Right. So already there's this, this, this power play. But it's really little by little, and we wanted, uh, Guinevere and I wanted to show that it's not, it's not a big decision you take. It's a series of very small moments. Right. And, and th- this is another challenge in, in, in this film that I thought you handled very well, and that is we know the big picture. We know how where this is going to end up. So, so the challenge is to, to, f- for you to make us believe that all the things we, we know or we think we know, and they have to fit into some kind of a continuum that, w- that is plausible. And I thought you did a really yes, wonderful... I mean, if you had said to Leslie Van Houten, you know, in in a year and a half, or you know, you, 
you're going to go to the lobby, lobby at the house and where um, the family is going to kill two perfectly innocent strangers. You know, she, she would run a mile, as any of them would have. If they'd known what eventually they would get involved in, they would all have run a mile. Right. Um, they, they got absorbed. They gave up their will. Uh, Charlie was brilliant at exploiting weakness and at kind of psychological domination. It's very important to show this, that the early, early months of the Manson family, there was a lot of fun, and they did feel like there was freedom, and there was a lot of running around playing dress-up. You know, there's also a lot of acid, popping acid, which in the end was was part of, I think, what made them vulnerable to his domination because they their their sense of reality got got skewed. Um, but but if it wasn't fun and and they they were they were escaping what they thought is you know repressive families and the rules of of you know society yeah. in what they thought was this world of love and freedom. And if you don't show the, um, a glimpse of the world and love and freedom. You have no idea why they stayed. Yeah, exactly. And before we get any further along, I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with Mary Heron, and she is the director of the new film Charlie Says. It's in theaters on May 10th here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I, I, I really think that this is so critical to the success of the film, is watching this very slow, incremental assimilation into the family and there are flashes of her speaking up there are flashes of her i'd say challenging may be too strong a word challenging charlie on certain things but at the same time he under he he sort of under he intuitively understood what what she was doing and was able to manipulate her her and others immediately yes and i think the fact that she did the, the fact that she did have these doubts and and she uh, and she did feel also insecure about her position in the family, and that was one thing that that, that Hannah Murray, who plays Leslie, and I talked a lot about. That she 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 feels like she never quite understands the rules, and she's always getting it wrong. So she's in an insecure place in the family, right. and at the very end, she when she makes this fatal and terrible decision to go along with them to the Labianca house. It's partly to prove to, to Charlie and, and, and to the other family members that she really does belong with them. Yeah. She really is all in. And, of course, this, this is a, a terrible, terrible mistake that, that affects and ruins kind of the, this next, the course of her life. You mentioned um, Hannah Murray, and she's fantastic. But the entire cast is uniformly wonderful in the film. And let's mention... Sophie Bacon, who is amazing, I think. What a, what a fantastic performance. She plays Patricia Krenwinkel, who was, in many ways, this very likable and appealing, down-to-earth person, very kind of motherly, and, and was, was Leslie Van Houten's best friend in the family. But, but Patricia is also madly in love with Charlie. He's like he's her life. She's an, the absolute true believer, and she, she's not only in love with him, she also acts more as his kind of enforcer and keeping people in line, and she's, occasionally we see her reprimanding uh, Leslie. There's a point where Leslie's trying to talk about something that happened to her and, um, um, when she was working as a secretary, and, and Pat says, we don't talk about our past. Our lives started when we met Charlie, you know? So she's like enforcing this rule, but Charlie is the center of your universe. He's your only reality. Right. And, 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 and Sosie, who's such a likable person and a performer, really gives great, you know, dimension to Pat. Well, and also uh, Marianne Rendon is, I'll play Susan Atkins, and the, much of the film takes place in 
the maximum security prison that they're they're in together, and yes. and that's where we're introduced to the character of Carlene Faith. Oh, of Carlene Faith, yeah. yeah. And um, Merit. Mer- Mer- I just say a word about Marianne. Of course, she's of course. Playing, um, Susan Atkins, who was kind of the roughest member of the group. She, Marianne's fantastic at this. She's, you know, uh, Susan Atkins. Unlike Leslie, has been like homecoming queen and was from a middle class family. Susan came from a kind of rougher background. She'd been a, a you know a a go-go dancer and, and and a kind of petty criminal. And she brings that kind of tough girl quality to it. But, but curious enough that Susan Atkins becomes this kind of passionate born-again Christian in, in, in prison. So they all have a journey. Yeah. They're all very different. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and then Carlene Faith is played by the, the truly great Merritt Weaver. Yes. Uh, who's a very beloved, I think, uh, performer that people have seen in... Um, there's Jackie and in uh, Godless and other other, you know, always uh, you know it brings incredible humanity and and humor to everything she does. She is such she's such a grounding presence in the film too. I, I just she felt that she was uh, just a perfect casting for her in that role of the of the woman who comes into their lives and starts to talk to them in a way that they haven't been talked to maybe in ever. And in a way that they are allowed to sort of discover the truth on their own, in a, in a manner of speaking, she just cracks the door open, and the, you begin. Yeah, to she does. She plays that with. Merritt always brings tremendous humanity to her roles, yeah. and, and you you see her sort of very gently and uh, trying to open the door. And and this here's a woman in sort of nineteen seventy two. Is it like a full blooded feminist? You know, in the early seventies, you know, a political activist. Uh, who's running prison pro- programs for for you know incarcerated women, and she's filled with her you know beliefs, and she's confronted with these these three women for whom, in their minds, it's still 1969 and it's still the height of the hippie era, and they have no idea of the sexual politics or how things have changed. And and early on, one of them, um, Hannah Murray's character, says to them. Everybody should have a daddy like Charlie, and you can just look in Merritt's face. She doesn't say anything, but you look, look, nope. and, and and you see that Kurt, Carlene is thinking, "Oh my God, what have we got here?" Yeah, you know, because she's trying to talk talk to them about feminism, and she's seeing a full, full belief, blooded belief in. I guess at the patriarchy is. Because, yeah, which is the irony yeah. of all of this, right? These, it's the film centers on these women's lives and what happened and how and all, and yet at the top of the pyramid is this, you know, sociopath who's. By the way, this film would would rise does in many ways depend heavily on the believability of Matt Smith's performance as as Charlie Manson. He does an incredibly good job of being someone you could see as that person to influence the lives of these people. But because yeah, he's 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 very magnetic, he's very electrifying Matt, very very like uh, live wires. You never quite know which way he's going to go as Charlie. Right. You know what Charlie's going to do next. So he's got that unpredictability and he's also funny. You know, he 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 can be um, all kind he can be playful. He can be like a guru. He can be mean. Right. He can be sympathetic. Do you know what I mean? So he shows, and he can be very bullying. So you see this mixture of kind of drawing people in and yet controlling them, right? Which well, was essential. Right, and I thought what he did in capturing the, the performance of Charles Manson was he picked out some of the the cadence in 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 
in Charlie Manson's voice, the, it, the sort of the, the verbal tics that Manson, we, we've seen him enough in interviews to know, but he really did a nice job of, I, I would say almost in referencing those, those verbal, that verbal cadence and that, in those tics, but in making oh, yeah, it. He did some improvising and normally yeah. I, I wouldn't, you know, encourage that, but he did it so well. He, he'd absorbed Charlie so much. Yeah. He really immersed himself so much in Charlie's voice and way of speaking and, 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 and what he said. Because a lot of what Charlie says is kind of rubbish, really, but it just kind of sounds good. <laughs> and he would just go around kind of like doing out this kind of Charlie word salad. Yeah. And, and we kept quite, quite a bit, quite a few lines of that. Yeah, well, all you know, of it. Because in part, it's like the, getting the, just the rhythm. It's just this yeah. constant flow of, of words. Exactly. He captures that. He, in the, that cadence, that ability to kind of, that word salad that you're talking about. But at the end of, end of it, it he 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 makes it work because he makes it sound so damn convincing. By the by, the time you get to the end of the nonsense, you're you're kind of you're kind of well, I, I guess I mean you know, yeah. I mean there's something about that. And he and let's not forget that Manson was in in prison most of his life. He was he was a, a person of that system that had to be manipulative in order to survive, and all of these things and all of it's in this film. I just I'm so impressed and so. Uh, it's such a wonderful uh, uh, film, as in the in the way that you were able to pull all of these different elements. And again, I go back to this, Mary, in that we kind of know this story, so that's a kind of a another hurdle to clear in in bringing something completely new and illuminating in this story. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Well, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, and the, the film, again, is called Charlie Says. The film is uh, will be in theaters here in Los Angeles on Friday, May 10th. And it is, check this out. This is something that you may think you know, but you don't know until you've seen this film. It is it is a wonderful overview of, the, of what happened in this really terrible, terrible circumstances. These women, have felt, they've put themselves in, but then they are still living the consequences of that story. And to you, Mary Heron, I thank you so much for being here on Film School. Um, my my oh, honor to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for talking to me. You're welcome. Again, Mary Heron, the director of Charlie Says. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.